Thanks for listening to the Tower Hill Church Podcast. Our prayer is that today's message will challenge and inspire you to pursue Jesus and to love people to life. Well, let's get in the Word of God this morning. We're still on our series, No Turning Back. And today, we're going to talk about faith that stands. Faith that stands. And this is part one this morning. Just to kind of go back for a couple of weeks when we, uh, uh, last week, God just moved mightily and we didn't get into the Word. But the week before, we are in chapter 10 and we're talking about a faith that perseveres. And the writer of the book of Hebrews was trying to encourage those people who were drifting away from the faith and abandoning the faith, going back under Judaism. He was trying to encourage them to hold on to the hope that they had received, not to give up. He, told, he talked about spurring one another on. We talked about not giving up meeting together, how important it is for us to be together as the body of Christ. And don't allow your hearts to become hardened and don't let your early days be greater than your later days because they were because they start off so well then all of a sudden they were given up and so now the writer of Hebrews is continuing on and kind of in that same vein but talking about perseverance in their faith he begins to talk about faith and having faith and so the first thing we'll talk about this morning is what is faith what is faith look what the word of God says in Hebrews chapter 11 verse 1 it says Faith is the confidence that what we hope for will actually happen. It gives us assurance about things we cannot see. This is the only place in the Word of God that faith is described. The only place. And it's pretty interesting because faith is confidence in what we hope for. The things that we hope for is based what? It's based on the promises of God. Amen? Not based on just hoping for something. Because the writer of Hebrews was writing to a people who had a hope of a promise of one day being with Christ, a new home. And he said they, were, they hung on to that faith. And he begins to use chapters, chapter 11 we know as the Hall of Fame of Faith. And he begins to talk about people who had faith that did not give up. So faith... The, Faith is defined as a belief with strong convictions, firm belief in something for which there may not be any tangible proof, complete trust, confidence, uh, reliance, or devotion. Faith is the opposite of doubt. How many of you find out it's easy to doubt something? Isn't it easy to have doubts? What about having faith? Having faith to trust God to do something. See, Webster's uh, New World College Dictionary defines it this way. Defines faith as an unquestioning belief that does not require proof or evidence. Unquestioning belief in God in a religious text. But think about, do you have an unquestioning faith in your trust in God? No matter what happens in your life, do you have a faith that can stand? And no matter that the seas that come against you, you're not moved and wavered about who God is and the promises of God? That comes because of knowing the character of God. And we have to know that. And if you don't know the character of God, you will be moved away off of your faith. So what do we hope for? We hope that God is trustworthy to keep his promises, don't we? How many of you, you, do you hope God's trustworthy to keep his promises? Amen. And how many know he is trustworthy? Amen. See, the, here's the thing. Everything we need to know about God is in the word of God. Amen? Everything you need to know about God is in the Word of God. And I, let me just say this. It doesn't matter if somebody may give you a word, tell you a word, or maybe you said this is from God. And, and sometimes that happens. But let me tell you, none of that trumps the Word of God. 
None of that trumps the Word of God. The Word of God is what we, we hang our hat on. That's how, what we hope in, we trust in. So this is the thing we need to understand. The Word of God tells us every bit about the character of God and who God is. See, God's invisible. That's, that's our problem. We can't see God. We have eternal life. We, we, got, we accept Christ in, here on earth, and we have eternal life. But how many of you know we can't see eternal life, Right? I mean, we, one day we're hoping for Jesus to come back and we'll go with him. All these things are unseen, but why do we believe that? Why do we trust that? Because we know what God's word says. We know the character of God and we know that God is, gonna, is going to keep his promise and fulfill his promise. Because his word is true. See, where do we learn about the character of God? Where do we learn about the character of God? Thank you. The word of God. You learn about the character of God by being in the Word of God. For over 23 years now, what have I said? It's prayer in the Word, it's prayer in the Word, prayer in the Word. You get tired of prayer in the Word, it's Word in the prayer, Word in prayer. It doesn't change. Because you've got to get the Word of God in you so you can stand when troubled times come, when things happen in your life, or maybe when sickness comes. You've got to be able to know that you can trust God regardless of what's going on. See, everything we need to know about God, like I said, is found in the Word of God. It's there. His character, everything about it, and my faith is built upon that. My faith is not built upon my hoping something will happen. My faith is built upon who I know God to be. Amen? See, right now, I, many of you know that I, oh, three years ago, I was diagnosed with Parkinson's, and I have Parkinson's. Here's the deal. I'm still believing for God's total healing in my body. And you know what? Regardless of that, I, and like I said earlier, I know some people get healed, and, and I believe it is the will of God to heal. And I don't know why some people don't get healed. And that, but that's not going to move me off of trusting and believing God. And I'm going to continue to trust him. I'm believing for total healing. I'm looking for the day when the doctor says, we can't find any signs of Parkinson's in your body. You know what? I'm trusting God for that. And I'm not giving up on that because he's my God and I know his character. I know the promises of God. Amen? So, church, faith. So, how do we get faith? How do we get faith? Sadly... So in the Christian in the Christian world in Christendom, the problem is a lot of people think that we can just muster up more faith. Well, if I if I read the Bible more, or if I if I pray more, I, I can get more faith. I can build my faith up. Each person is given a measure of faith, and your faith can grow. But there's only one way the Word of God tells us that faith go, will grow. But here, but faith understand faith is a gift from God. Do you believe that this morning? Look what it says, Ephesians chapter 2, verse 8 and 9. Look at the scripture. It says, for by grace you have been saved through faith. And that not of yourself, it is a gift of God. Grace and faith are a gift from God. Amen? And that faith that's in us needs to, to grow. Listen to what Mark Luther, one of the early Christian reformers, insisted faith comes from God working in us and through no other source. And he says, ask God to work faith in you and you will ask God to work faith in you or you will remain forever without faith, no matter what you wish, say or can do. God needs to work faith in us. Amen. And how does that faith get worked in us? Luther and many theologians put great stock in hearing the word of God. Now, we all know what Romans 10, 16, uh, 10, 16, 17 talks about. He says, by 
He said, but they have not all obeyed the gospel. For Isaiah says, Lord, who has believed our report? So faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. Faith comes by. Now, it's not. Let me just say this. It's not just hearing because if you're just hearing and not acting out and living out the word of God, your faith's not going to grow. Your faith, understand, faith is not going to go. It's not just hearing it. You have to be a doer of what you're hearing when the word of God is preached. He says, and that's what James says. Don't just be a hearer of the word, but be a doer of the word. And if you want your faith to grow, you've got to begin to put what you're hearing, what you're learning in word, in the word of God, put it into practice in your life. And that will cause faith to begin to develop and to grow in you. A lot of times people are looking for somebody just to pray for them or give them a word that's going to increase their faith. No, get into the word of God, begin to practice the word of God, begin to live the word of God, and your faith will grow. Amen? I mean, it's not, it's not just coming up and saying, somebody just shoot the juice to me that I can have more faith. And there was actually a friend of mine told me that. He said he went to this one of these church revival service, and this lady comes up to get prayed for, and she said, shoot the juice to me, pastor. Shoot the juice to me. Like, Come on. You know, but that's what some people, but no, you, you, the only way you're going to grow in your faith and become a mature believer that you can stand when the storms of life come is knowing what God's word says and knowing what the promises of God are. And you learn, you grow by being in the word. You can't grow apart from the word church. See, the spoken word has supernatural power. I believe when it's spoken. It has supernatural power. We need, but, but it has to be put into practice. See, our faith, when you have faith in God, I want to tell you something, it speaks. It truly speaks. Because you know what? People see your life, and all of a sudden, you may be going through difficult times just like they are, but their life is a mess, and all of a sudden, you're, you're that strong tower. You're steady. No matter what's going on around you, you're, it doesn't move you off the path that God has on you. You still have a trust in God. It, that speaks to people. They'll want to say, what, what's different about you? The difference is because you're based, your promise and your faith is based upon something that's unmovable, and that's God and God alone. See, church, look what it says. It says, through their faith, the people in the days of old earned a good reputation or a good report. See, when, people, when the people of God live out and walk out their faith, it will speak to others around you. Do you believe that this morning? It'll speak to others around you. You know, with this, with this deal of Parkinson's right now that I'm, that I'm praying and believing God for healing, at the same time, I've probably had in the last few years more than 10 people that I've talked to one-on-one that have called me that people I don't even know that I've been able to talk to about the Lord and helping them and trying to help them to walk through this process. I've, I've, I, and it's just, it's amazing. And I, I, I'm think, I could sit around and mope about this, or I can let God use me in the midst of it until the healing is made. And I, you know what? I choose to allow God to use me. Amen? I choose to allow God to use me. See, our faith speaks. See, by faith, everything was made. Everything was made. Now listen. Look what it says in verse, verse 3 it's, uh, of Hebrews. By faith, we understand that the entire universe was formed at God's command. That, that what we now see did not come from anything that can be seen. Now think about that for a moment. Everything. The sun, even before we knew what the sun looked like, God says, okay, there it is. Stars in the sky, there they are. 
dirt. He said, okay, we'll make man. He put a bunch of dirt together and formed them, breathed them. There's man. I mean, think about everything. Not anything in this world was create, created without, it came from nothing. God spoke it into existence. Now think about that. God has creative power. Aren't you glad of that? But look at this church. He said he put everything. You know, I, 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 there's a story, Tony Evans, it's a cute little story Tony Evans taught about these scientists that came to God and said, God, we can make man just as good as you can, if not better. God says, is that right? And they said, yeah. And he said, okay, let's, let's see it. And so all of a sudden, the scientists started putting the dirt together. And God says, wait a minute. That's my dirt. Get your own dirt. <laughs> see, God made the dirt. He made the earth. He spoke it into existence. Everything, everything around us. Think about everything. You look at the trees. Every, it declares the glory of God, the Word of God says. It declares His handiwork. Now, I, I just, I'm going to give you a little side note here, okay? Because, you know, the believer, you and I, we don't have creative power to call things out of nothing. That's God's job. But how many of you have ever heard people pray, and charismatic and, and Pentecostal churches, we're good about this sometimes. We hear people, I call those things as not as though they were. How many, anybody ever heard that prayed? Okay. For two or three. Anybody ever prayed that? Yeah, I know you don't want to raise your hand because you say, what's he going to say next? <laughs> but listen to what the Word of God says. Ch Romans, this is not on the board, but it's, uh, it's Romans chapter 4, verse 17. It's just talking about Abraham and him believing God. It says, as it is written, I have made you the father of many nations. In other words, they didn't have, they didn't have the baby yet. But he said, I, he declared that, that you're father of many nations. In the presence of him whom he believes, talking about in, in God whom he believes, God who gives life to the dead and calls those things which do not exist as though they did. Who did that? Not you, not me. It's God who does that. And see, I, I, I just, if next time you're in a prayer meeting with a bunch of Pentecostal crazy charismatics, you know, you know all of us, that's us. But somebody starts, don't, don't be afraid. Say, listen, we need God to call those things as not as though they were. Because he's the only one that can do that. Because you don't have that creative. Has anybody called anything to an existence lately yet? From nothing, I mean, absolutely nothing. I mean, but think about it. Everything was made by God. He, he formed it all. He, he made it all. None of that as we move forward, forward through this portion of Scripture, everything was made by him. Abel ha had faith that gives. He had a faith that had, was right with God. You know, the Scripture says it was by faith that Abel brought a more acceptable offering to God than his brother Cain. What was the difference? You know what the difference was? Number one, I believe it was a heart condition. Number two, the only way really to approach God was with, by blood, by the sacrificial blood of an animal back at that point in time. Abel brought a sacrifice, a, a blood sacrifice to God and offered it to God. And that's the way they were supposed to approach God. Abel, or Cain did not. He brought a fruit and vegetables that he had grown himself that kind of represented self and not 
It's really what the, the approach to God. So I said, number one, I think it was really a heart condition, but also the idea of approaching God without the blood. How many know the only way we can approach God today is through the blood of Jesus Christ? Amen. You can't approach God on your own. You can't go into the presence of God because of your good works, your good deeds, and everything you've done. It's through the precious blood of Jesus Christ that you can enter into his presence. And that's it. And I believe that Abel had a sacrifice that he was, his sacrifice, he had a faith that was willing to give. Enoch, Enoch had a faith that pleased God. Now think about this. It was by faith that Enoch was taken up to heaven without dying. He disappeared because God took him. For before he was taken up, he was known as a person who pleased God. What kind of relationship did that man have? I mean, really, what kind of relationship? He was just a man. But it says Enoch pleased God. What the, I mean, one day they were walking along and Enoch's walking with God. And God's, they're just walking and having a fellowship. All of a sudden, their feet came up off the ground. Next thing you know, they just walk into the heavens. All of a sudden, they was gone. What, I mean, pfft. Man, think about that. I don't know if that's actually the way it happened. We don't know, but it could have been. But he had a relationship with God through faith that pleased God, that God just took him away. How many want to have that kind of relationship with God? I mean, how many know you can, you can have the deepest relationship you want with God, and it's up to you? It's up to you. It's up to you to, because the more you get in the word and apply the word, the deeper your relationship is going to go with God. The more you're going to trust him, the more you're going to faith is going to grow. The more you're going to please him in the things that you do. Because why? You're living out the word of God before, before the, uh, here upon this earth. So that brings me to the next statement is this. Does our faith please God? Does I, your faith please God? Look at this. He says in verse 6, it is impossible to please God without faith. Without faith, anyone who wants to come to him must believe that God exists and that he rewards those who sincerely seek him. Does your faith please God? Do you have a faith that honors the Lord Jesus Christ? I mean, you walk every day in his presence. You say, Pastor, is that possible? Absolutely. You can walk every day in the presence of God. You can, be, you, can, you can walk in fellowship with him in the office, in the, in the school, wherever God's place. You can, at the, at, at the place of you, your employment, you can walk in the presence of God. And when you walk in that room, you know what? It can change the atmosphere of that room because of the presence of God is upon you. Do you believe that? See, there's a thing. Here's the thing. Somebody said years ago, we have just as much of God as we want right now in our life. We do. Just as much as you want, you, he's there right now. But if you want more, there's more. But you know what? It's up to us to pursue. Amen? It's up to us to pursue. Now, so we see, so does our faith please him? Think about this. We see Abel had a faith that gives. Enoch had a faith that pleased God. Abraham and Noah had a faith that obeyed God. They had a faith that obeyed. Look at this in verse 7. It says, it was by faith that Noah built a large boat to save his family from the flood. He obeyed God, who warned him about things that had never happened before. By his faith, Noah condemned the rest of the world, and he received the righteousness that comes by faith. Think about this. Noah, 
All of a sudden, God shows up and says, Noah, I want you to build a big boat. And it's going to rain and there's going to be flood. God, what is, what's a flood? Up to this time, it had never rained upon the earth. It had never flooded before. And God says, I'm going to send a flood. I mean, he, he may be saying, what's a flood? What's rain? But here's a man that took God at his word, regardless of what people thought about it. He went home and began to build a boat. He wasn't near the sea. He was, in, he was inland. And he started building a boat because God told him to. I don't know about you, but I find that pretty crazy, doesn't it? I mean, what, do you, what, would you, what would your neighbors think if you went home today and said, God told me to build a boat? And it's bigger than your house is around you. You know, day by day, he was ridiculed. People came and laughed at him and mocked at him. But he had a faith that he was willing to obey God regardless of what other people thought. How many know, church, we need to have that kind of faith? That when God speaks into our hearts, we stand on the word of God. We stand in faith knowing that God has spoken to us. And we realized what, uh, when Noah got done with the ark, the rains did come, a flood did come, and his family, him and his family was saved through the ark. How many know that's a, that's a picture of us being saved through Jesus Christ? Amen? But think about this. Noah had this faith to believe God. Abraham, Abraham had a faith that he believed God. It says, it was by faith that Abraham obeyed God when God called him to leave home and go to the land that he would give him as his inheritance. He went out not knowing where he was going. That's crazy. You hear a voice. God says, I want you to pick up all your stuff from your family, and I want you to leave your home, and I want you to go to this place. Not even knowing what, what was there, what was going to happen there. He lived in tents, the Word of God said. He lived there. And you say, that's nuts. Can I tell you a little story that brings us in? You know, back in 19, 1996, God, through a friend of mine, invited me to come to New England to preach a revival service in Barrington, New Hampshire. I came up just to preach that revival service. I wasn't looking to go anywhere else except for back home. And all of a sudden, he kept saying, Gary, there's a church in Manchester. Their pastor's leaving to go to the mission field. You need to go take a look at it. I said, I'm not interested. I told him, I said, I was born in Florida. I'm going to die in Florida. I have no, no desire for this place. Uh, we went back home. All of a sudden, in November, I'm praying for the upcoming year where I've been pastoring coming up on nine years. Had no desire to leave. God was just doing some great things. And all of a sudden, early morning prayer one morning in November, I said, God, I was asking for direction for the coming year, and the Lord just spoke to my heart and said, you're not going to be here. And I said, Lord, where am I going to be? And he said, just like that, Manchester dropped in my heart. I got up and went home and told my wife. She lived, we lived in the parsonage right behind the church. Went back there, told Diane, and she's originally from Moline, Illinois. We have no family up here. We have no connections up here. I went back and told her, she, and she, she hates the north. Because she grew up in New Orleans. She loved Florida. I told her, I said, Diane, God just spoke to my heart and we're not going to be here. He's sending us to Manchester. She says, we're not going anywhere. <laughs> she did. She said, we're not going. Now, 20, over 23 years later, we're here. We left what we knew. 
We heard the voice of God calling us. And sometimes God's going to ask you to do some stuff that's crazy. It doesn't make sense. You know, I told my, I told my dad when this happened, he was battling with cancer at that time, just before we moved away, and he had been through several mer- uh, surgeries where he had his leg amputated and different things. I went and told my dad that we're moving. He goes, Gary, what if you go up there and those people don't like you? I said, Dad, I just, I, I know God's calling me. He said, but, but what happens? You don't have a paycheck. I said, I guess I'd move back to Florida. I don't know. But it was, it was a hard thing to leave Florida at that point in time. But I knew God had called me to come here. And sometimes in our walk of faith, God's going to ask us to do something. Sometimes it doesn't make sense in the natural how many's ever had to do something that didn't make sense in the natural? Didn't make sense at all. But you knew God spoke to you. You knew God had spoken, and you knew that's what God wanted you to do. And you were willing to trust Him. This is the thing. You've got to be willing to obey God. Amen? See, we see that He traveled through a land and he, in a place that wasn't all. But not only that, we see that Sarah had faith that believed. I mean, we see in verse 11, it was by faith that Sarah was able to have a child through, through though she was barren and was too old. She believed God, that God would keep his promise. Now think about this. When you, if you've read the scripture, what happened when God, she first heard, when God was speaking to Abraham, Abraham what, what was the first thing she did when she heard that she was going to have a baby at her old age? She laughed. That wasn't the first step of faith, was it? But then God confirmed his word and told her, by this time next year, you will have a child. And the word of God says she believed God. By faith, she believed God. She trusted God. And the whole nation was born out of her, out of her from her and Abraham. Church, our faith has to be focused. Amen? Has to be focused. Faith, their faith was focused on what God was going to do. Here on the earth. I mean, it was not necessarily focused on what God was necessarily doing on earth. Their faith was a, a hope and a promise of God. That God was going to, one day, there's going to be a new heaven. There's going to be a new earth. That one day there was going to be a Savior. That's what they were hoping in. Now, you know, what I really, to me, this, is, this next few verses of Scripture just highlights so much about how these people, their faith was looking forward and that it was focused and not being distracted by everything around them. Look what it says in verse 13. All these people died still believing what God had promised. They did not receive what was promised, but they saw it all from a distance and welcomed it. They agreed that they were foreigners and nomads here on the earth. Obviously, people who say such things are looking forward to a country they can call their own. If they were longing for the country they, come from, they came from, they could have had opportunity to go, to go back. But they were looking for a better place, a heavenly homeland. That is why God is not ashamed to be called their God, for he has prepared a city for them. Church, understand, just as they were looking for a heavenly home, 
How many understand this is not our home right here? This is not home. This, these people, through faith, they didn't receive the full promise. The promise was a heavenly home. The promise was a Savior. A promise was that one day they would be with Him in glory. And that's what they were looking for. That's what their faith was, their hope was in. That one day they would be home with God. And church, how many know that's the kind of faith we need to have today? We need to have a faith that says one day this is not home, but I'm trusting God. My faith is in Him. It's not going to be moved. And one day I will be home with Him forever. One day I won't be limited by my body. One day I won't be limited by sickness and disease. One day I will be in the presence of God where I will worship Him and around His throne forever. One day... One day all this will be over and we will be in his presence. That's the hope we have. That's the promise we have. That's what we look forward to. This is temporary. That is eternal. And that's where God has created us to be in his presence with him. And my faith and my hope is in him today. That's the reason I don't get too worried about what this world's doing. Yes, it's crazy. Yes, there's stupid things going on. But in the last days, there will be perilous times. In the last days, there's going to be different things happening. But I still am not moved because of God's word says, one day I will be with him. One day he's coming back. And one day I will be at home forever, forever. Amen. They, even though they did not receive it, they were looking forward to it in faith. I'm looking forward to that day. It may come through the rapture church. Or I might breathe my last breath and go home to be with the Lord. It doesn't matter either way. But one day I'll be home. And I'm, I have that in my heart. I, I, that's the reason I'm not giving up. Church, this is not home. Don't get too comfortable here. Everything you have in this life is only temporary. Somebody else, like I said, when I was te- I, one of these days, somebody else will have your house, somebody else will have your spouse, and somebody else will have your money. It's true. And the only thing that matters is your relationship with God. That's all. Nothing else matters. Nothing else. My faith is in Him and Him alone. And I'm going to trust Him regardless. That's the reason, you know, when I, three year, over three years ago when I got the diagnosis of what was going on in my body, I, I, yeah, it bothered me for a little bit. But then a few days I heard that song by Lauren Daigle, I will trust in you. I will trust in you. Even if you don't move the mountains, I need you to move. Even if you don't part the waters I, like, I want to walk through, I'm going to trust in you. Where does that trust come from? Because I know who my God is. And what his word says and the promises that I have from him. And I don't give up. And I encourage you, don't give up. Keep your eyes on Jesus. The author and the finisher of our faith. Persevere. Let your faith speak. 
Have a faith that pleases God. Have a faith that believes God. Have a faith that obeys God. Have a faith that even though you don't see it, you still believe it. Father, I give you the praise, the glory, and the honor this morning. Father, I've shared from your word today what you laid upon my heart. And God, I pray, I pray this morning that you touch people's hearts and lives in a very special way. God, that they would realize and know, God, that this is not home. Help us not to get so infatuated with this life here that we forget, Lord, about a heavenly kingdom that one day we'll be with you. Father, I just pray, touch your people today. I ask it in Jesus' name.